This is Inspiring Minds, a podcast focused on thought-provoking conversations between VSB students and our world-class faculty. Hi, I'm Tyler Bossinger, and I am a senior here at VSB, a finance, accounting, and real estate major. And today I'm here with Dr. Caitlin Danhauser for today's episode of Inspiring Minds. So, Caitlin, how did you come up with the topic of your paper? What really got you interested in corporate bond ETFs? The idea for this paper started back when I was working on Wall Street. Over this period from 2005 to 2010, investors' acceptance of ETFs, corporate bonds, and equities grew phenomenally. While I was on these trading desks, I was able to see that investors were now able to more easily access difficult-to-access markets and more quickly and cheaply implement trading strategies. And so after completing my coursework for my PhD at Boston College, I decided to focus particularly on corporate bond ETFs. Can you just give us kind of a 30,000-foot view of the assets that you talk about in this paper, just so that we have a better idea? ETF stands for Exchange Traded Fund. Simply put, ETFs are a basket of tens to thousands of underlying securities. These securities can be bonds, they can be equities. At a basic level, ETFs are just mutual funds that trade on an exchange. This hybrid security of a mutual fund that also trades on the exchange instead of transactions only occurring at the end of the day leads ETFs to have distinct advantages from their mutual fund peers. For instance, ETFs offer lower fees and greater transparency of holdings, and they minimize or even eliminate any tax consequences for the holders. The one distinct difference is that the fund only transacts with large investors rather than having to deal with individual investors or even have to trade in the underlying themselves. Corporate bond ETFs are structured the exact same way. The fund never transacts in the underlying. The fund itself only does transactions which are exchanges of the basket securities and the ETF shares themselves. And because of this, they've reached a great success. However, corporate bond markets are significantly different from equity markets. Equity markets, as we all know, have incredible clarity of pricing. Corporate bonds are completely different. They trade in an over-the-counter market in which in order to figure out where transactions can occur, you have to call 10 different brokers to see what market they're making. And so because of this opaqueness of these corporate bond markets, the liquidity of corporate bonds are much lower than that of equity markets which leads to this liquidity illusion between an ETF basket trading significantly and the underlying which backs the basket not trading that much. The last distinction is that the majority of indices followed by bond ETFs have thousands, up to 10,000 constituents. And so a fund can't hold all of those constituents. And so what bond ETFs do is they just select certain bonds that will enable them to mimic the index performance. Based on the findings in your paper, how do you think that the financial markets that you talked about would react to what you see in your research? I would love to think that everyone would be so happy to see my research, Um, but I think that there really is going to be both a positive and negative reaction. 
In the May paper, I talk about how several market practitioners, including Goldman Sachs and Carl Icahn, have cited these corporate bond ETFs as a potential concern. No one really understands how all of a sudden having this equity instrument trade it throughout the day with clarity of pricing, but backed by things that don't match those characteristics, is going to impact the systemically important underlying market. Access to debt markets is how the majority of corporations are able to finance their investments. And so people are really concerned that perhaps this disconnect creates some really large issues for the corporate bond market. In fact, the Financial Stability Oversight Commission listed ETFs backed by corporate bonds as a potential concern they have for the entire financial system. So I think that these people will be happy to have some information about how the rapid growth of ETFs is impacting the underlying market. However, the people who aren't going to be too excited, and in fact I know aren't too excited, are ETF providers. Their goal is to create this unicorn of a product which provides access to markets without affecting pricing or functioning of the underlying market. If they were able to do that, that would be phenomenal. They could essentially democratize a corporate bond market which was dominated by institutional investors. However, my research clearly shows that ETFs lead to price effects and potential liquidity effects for the underlying bonds, and so it makes it difficult for them to make the case that what they do is all good with no potential harm. Do you think that this paper was made possible really by the perfect storm that came about with the growth in ETFs and markets becoming more accepting of them as an investment vehicle? as well as the historically low interest rates that we've seen? Or is it really just the environment that we're living in right now that is really emphasizing what you saw in the paper? Corporate bond ETFs sit at the intersection of two of the greatest stories in financial markets today. The explosion of passive investments and the unprecedented duration and level of low interest rates created the perfect firestorm for this hybrid security to succeed. However, I think that rather than being perfectly lucky, corporate bond ETFs were opportunistic. Post-2008 crisis, this product took off. And in fact, my entire study is all done post-crisis because there was an exponential growth in the number of assets in bond ETFs. It was because investors sought access to historically safe but higher yielding instruments. However, I think this would have happened even if ETFs didn't exist, because debt mutual funds do exist as well. But one of the complications was, following the crisis, banks became more highly regulated. Because banks now have these higher capital requirements, they pulled out of market-making activities in the corporate bond market. So when they used to hold 23 billion in debt on their books in order to provide sellers or buyers of individual corporate bonds liquidity when it was needed, now they hold 2.3. It's very difficult in order for markets to function when no one stands there willing to buy or sell. And so I think ETFs were opportunistic and that as traditional liquidity providers flee the market, they stepped in and provided this liquidity. Is there anything that you could communicate to my fellow students about 
how we can learn from what you learned? There's a two-pronged answer here. So I'll start from the academic part. In my study, the biggest issue, and in all studies of academic, the biggest issue is this concept of endogeneity, which means you can disentangle what you are claiming is the cause of an effect rather than 10 million other potential things. So in mine, are the yields of ETF bonds lower because they're included in ETF, or was it because something else you could come up with 10 million different explanations for it? I think the neat thing about my project is that I can tell the story in pictures. And so with all things in life, if you can show someone what's happening rather than trying to tell them, it makes a greater impact and it's more convincing. For instance, there was this rule change. So previously, this corporate high-yield ETF was only allowed to have 50 bonds. They removed the cap, and now there were 500 bonds in the ETF. So I was able to use this change to show that prior to the rule change, the two groups of bonds, those that were in there and those that would be at it following the rule change, moved exactly in lockstep. However, immediately following these expansion bonds who were incorporated because of the rule change, their yields moved significantly lower. So simply put, Visually, I'm able to show that these two groups are exactly the same before. An event strikes, a divergence happens, and there's an ETF effect being added to these bonds. From a teaching my perspective, my research has been beneficial because a lot of our students, and myself included, want to go work on Wall Street. But I think it's important for them to realize that this new structure is going to change the way in which the world operates. And so having been successful in this line of research, I think it's easy for me to hopefully share a deeper understanding of a term that they're reading about a lot. Thank you very much, Caitlin, for sharing your thoughts on your paper, on some of your views in the marketplace. And thank you to everyone who's listening for uh, today's Inspiring Minds podcast. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Minds. Stay tuned for our next installment featuring more VSB students discussing research topics with our world-class faculty. 